Scholar and author Spencer Clavin joins me to discuss his timely new book, How to Save the West. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, Clavin explains how the left's endgame is far more appalling than our current cultural insanity. Follow the Sarah Carter Show wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a regular listener, then you've heard me talk about Keltec and all the reasons why they're one of my personal favorites when it comes to firearms. Privately owned family company, Keltec has been making one of a kind American made firearms since 1995. Driven by creativity, Keltec doesn't just copy other weapons on the market, they innovate new ones, including the new P50. The P50 platform is based around a 50-round double-stack magazine which lays horizontally along the top of the grip. The 5.7 cartridge comes in several variants, from sporting, hunting, to personal defense, and with how easy it handles its smooth shooting, because it's well-balanced and thus accurate. You can definitely see Keltec's reliability and quality at work. The P50 is fun on the range, but it's also great for serious home protection. To find out more about the P50 and all other Keltec weapons, and products, check out keltechweapons.com. That's K E L T E C weapons.com. Keltech, creating innovative quality firearms to help secure your world. Keltechweapons.com. Other whistleblower disclosures to my office make clear that the FBI has within its uh, possession very significant, impactful, and voluminous evidence with respect to potential criminal conduct by Hunter and James Biden. These disclosures also allege that Joe Biden was aware of Hunter Biden's business arrangements and may have been involved in some of them. We still aren't sure what's been done with this information. And I don't think we'll ever be sure in terms of what's been done with this information. Welcome to the radio show, the days when I wish it was just a radio show. Uh, this is, I'm so tired of all the drama and everything else. It's good to be with you this Friday. You guys are saving me from being insane, honestly, I think at this point. So the oversight hearings that are ongoing, and that was, by the way, that was Chuck Grassley, if you didn't recognize him. The whole issue with these hearings is to get information. I feel like we're not getting anything. I mean, and it's not because Republicans aren't, it's not for the lack of trying. It's just that they, I mean, Democrats, I think they're kind of like waiting it out. It doesn't, it feel that way. It feels like they're just like waiting stuff out. They're just waiting it out, waiting to see, well, you know, maybe we'll wait a couple of years. We'll wait till 2024. Then maybe we'll like cheat some more. Who knows? And then, and then after that, then none of these hearings will matter. None of it will matter. That's what it really does feel like. It well, does feel like They'll get the that. support of media on that. Well, maybe. I mean, maybe they will. Yeah, well, we'll see. So welcome to the program. And like I said, this, we're going to start with it. There's a lot of stuff happening today. Um, and we're going to, well, like I said, we'll bring it to you. I'm, I'm having trouble. I actually, so if you don't know, I, I, I may not have my Twitter account anymore. I just may be gone. I did not realize how much I use that as show prep. Like I use it, I have a newswire and I use it for a newswire. So it like really crippled me this today. Like it really did. It actually affected my professional output. It actually did. Because I wasn't able to, because I use it as a wire and I have all the, the uh you know the the news like what is it associated press reuters uh all of that stuff 
So I wasn't able to actually like access any of it. So it was, it's a little weird. It's a little weird today. So anyway, that's, yeah, that's the latest because people have been asking me what they think I'm suspicious. They think I'm suspicious somehow. I don't know. I'm, I'm apparently suspicious some in some respect and I don't know. So I'm locked out and they, and their help when they say, you know, like file a help ticket, they don't care. They don't care. There are a bunch of commies that sit up there. They don't care. So it may, if and if it's gone, I'm not going to get back on Twitter. It'll be done. I have been locked at the same follower count for five years. So I've never been able to get past where I was. And the the moment that I get up there, it's they they start deleting stuff. I, I ended up losing. I I just lose all the time. Like every at least a couple of times a week, all my mentions freeze on January sixth, and I can't search for anything past. Uh, all of my mentions, everything is all January 6th. This happens at least a couple of times a week. And I can't see anything from anybody else. Um, it, it, like they, they jack with my account so much. It's kind of pointless to even be on Twitter at this point. It's not any, I, it, I mean, it's almost the only thing I ever use it for anymore is like prep for the program. You know, and getting and looking for, looking at Reuters and looking at things like that. That's like the only thing I ever use it for. Because I can't, you know, you can't engage with people. If you all are listening, you know, and you're, you know, you're listening along to the program and all that stuff, and you say stuff, there's like so few of you that I can even see. It's pointless. So I just, you know, if they end up, if it's a goner, then it's a goner. And Twitter can like go to, go to hell in the roughest handbasket possible. You know, that's just the, the way it is. I, I mean, I'm just past caring at this point. And it, the only thing that it does it did aggravate me on, the only thing that it aggravated me on is that uh, the only thing that it aggravated me on was that I, it like hampered my ability to actually gather information for the show today. That's the thing that, that pissed me off because I wasn't able to access, you know, all of my like super easy, you know, all of this stuff. I wasn't able to access it. So that's the thing that did tick me off. So I, I don't know, because people will ask me, well, are you going to, are you going to like get back on it? Like, what are you going to, nope, I'm, I'm not. I will literally will not. I will not start another account. I will not do any of that. So I don't know. I mean, if it's a goner, it's a goner. That sucks because I've been on there since like how many years? Over a decade. But, you know, after a while, when you can't see anybody, you can't talk to anybody, no one sees you, you keep having to refollow people. You know, you wake up and you're, you've lost 400,000 followers overnight. That happened. Um, then what's the point of it? You know, I just think it's so pathetic that the left is so weak and so terrified to be proven wrong. And they're so lazy and unintelligent that they cannot. Oh, they are. Anyone who believes that any of that is okay. Like the, I don't, I've never, ever silenced anybody with whom I've disagreed just because I disagreed with them on something. Cause I'm not, I, I'm not challenged by what they say. If you disagree with me, well then you're wrong. That's, you know, that sucks for you, but you're wrong. Like I had someone trying to argue with me about, you know, the direct TV thing and carriage rights. And I'm like, I don't know. I just think that my 15 years of broadcast experience gives me the bigger phallus in this conversation in terms of knowledge and experience. And, you know, I don't, I'm not going to try to shut you up. I just think you're wrong. Cause you are, it's not think I know you're wrong. I, I, or if it's talking to somebody about the left and they think that, oh, no, we should pay more in taxes. Well, you're wrong. But 
and I would, you know, very intelligently, because we understand math. You can articulate your side. But the left is so terrified at having to prove, uh, show their work, that they have to silence any and all challenges to it. Any, any attempt at all whatsoever, they immediately, they have to act to silence it. They have to move to silence it. Because they would rather do that than show their work. They'd rather do that than make a coherent argument. That's fascistic. And it's lazy and illiberal. I mean, just, I, I used to think that these people were somewhat intelligent, but now I just think they're all just a bunch of moronic sheep. That's it. I have nothing nice to say about any of these people. I give no regards to them or their families. Rotten hell. I'm done. I just, the thing aggravates, I'm just so, it's so petty. It's so petty and stupid. Like, oh, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. You disagree with me. Wow. Like, how sad and weak and thin is your soul? Anyway, we have, uh, I had to just tell you that because everyone's like, well, wait, what's happened? Because people were asking me what was going on on Twitter. And then I, I would try to log in and it would, it would tell me that I was suspicious. And so, and then it told me to wait an hour and try again. And that was yesterday. So I'm done. I'm just, you know, th- if Twitter wants to reach out, otherwise I'm going to let it go to hell because I'm done. All right, let's move on. The lawyers in the oversight committee for Hunter Biden, they're fighting the oversight committee's request for banking records. Now, I was thinking about this yesterday because we had on Byron Donalds and I like him quite a bit. I think he's very he's hysterical and he's reasoned. He's also way nicer than I am in certain respects because he was saying that Representative Comer was being very judicious and use of subpoena power simply because Democrats subpoenaed every single person, thing, whatever, uh, for the entire time that they had control of the House. They subpoenaed everybody, and, and which is true. I still would, though. See, this is why I can't be an elect. I, this is, he, he is such a more patient man than I am because I would, be, I would subpoena everyone. Are you his neighbor? You get a subpoena. It's like Oprah with the cars. You get a subpoena. You get a subpoena. You get a subpoena. Oh, everybody gets subpoenas. His lawyers are fighting it, though. They think that he's just specialer than you are. He doesn't have to answer any of these questions. He doesn't have to be accountable for anything. Now, they've, you, you've had numerous, because I, can't, I would love to see the FBI drug in and answer questions about this, especially now since we're having the first hearings that began this week with a weaponization of government. That's a whole other thing. We have stuff on that as well because the uh, apparently they don't like Catholics, I guess. The government doesn't like Catholics. I mean, I understand denominational beef and stuff. But, dude, they, like, went way off the deep end. That's insane. We're going to talk about that. But the, you have all of these intel agencies that, that lied to protect this crackhead kid, the 50-something-year-old kid, right, Apparently, Hunter Biden is younger than all of us. If you have a baby at home, Hunter Biden is younger and more precious than your baby. I mean, they act like he's the Christ child. It's ridiculous. But they said, no, he's, he, they all lied. It, this is all collusion. All people making stuff up about poor baby Hunter Biden. And they've continued to do this. Imagine having the power and the privilege of using the FBI and intelligence agencies to cover not just for your bad parenting, because I think Joe Biden's a bad father. I do. To cover for your bad parenting, but your crackhead son. Why do I? He's a bad father because, hi, have you looked at the messed up family? Two kids, one of them leaving her diary in a flophouse mattress, and then they're using the full weight of the FBI and DOJ to go after the, 
the people who found her diary in her drug den mattress? It's everybody else's fault but theirs. That's the guy, of course, during the State of the Union who thinks that people who work at fast food joints sign contracts and have no competes. Heaven on earth. Now, to this point, a government watchdog says that Joe Biden has too many acting officials in the executive branch. I'm not surprised by this. Apparently, it's also a violation of federal law, according to uh, the, one of the top government watchdogs, the GAO. Government Accountability Office issued five separate reports indicating that the officials who are working in acting roles while the executive branch positions are vacant have occupied their offices for far too long in violation of the Federal Vacancies Reform Act. And it uh, includes a member of Office of Management and Budget, Assistant Secretary of ICE, top official in DOJ. They said that the, and they name them all, they have to have appointment and Senate confirmation. And he's trying to get past that by just having these people hang out in these positions. It's like with any of them, you, you, they have to go through this whole process because the people have to have, you know, through their representatives, their senator and, and so on and so forth, they have to be able to have their say. And so they're just, you know, hanging out in these positions, no accountability. If it violates federal law, then why, I mean, file a charge. Impeach, impeach. You know, to that point, at first I thought, I don't know if there's enough to, I know I understand everybody talking about impeaching Mayorkas and everything. I get that. I think actually now that I think about it, the whole damn lot are eligible for it, particularly the president, especially with everything that happened at the border, which we're going to talk about. Uh, Also, apparently Biden now finally finds a balloon that he does want to take down because they're too expensive, he says. Wait, this story is going to make me madder than a wet hen. Sidebar, my youngest son had no idea what that saying meant. Really? I was, and then I had to go through this whole thing like, well, hens hate water. Jiminy Christmas, what are we talking about? Hens hate water, son. I don't know. It's something Nana said. It can't, I don't know. They said it in the Ozarks and it makes sense. Anyway, I'm going to share with you this story because it's nuts. We have headlines on the way and coming up later on, Montana Governor Greg Gianforte, he's going to join us because he's coming out hard. Uh, against the ATF on that pistol brace rule. And remember, it's not about pistol braces. What this rule is about is alphabet agencies trying to create law when they lack the authority and trying to push a rule as law. Black Rifle Coffee Company set out on a mission to make the best cup of coffee that's ever hit your mug. And I think they've hit that mission straight on. Their dream has been to sell enough premium coffee to build a support network for veterans, first responders, and law enforcement. And thanks to your support, that dream has come true. Black Rifle Coffee is roasted by a veteran-led team of brilliant coffee graders who work tirelessly to roast and bag the highest quality coffee here in America. And the coffee is truly one of a kind and my favorite. Your support has helped Black Rifle Coffee Company expand their team of active duty service members, veterans, and veteran family members. And they were able to donate over 120,000 bags of coffee to veterans and first responders in 2022. Visit blackriflecoffee.com Dana and use my code Dana at check out for 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. That's blackriflecoffee.com slash Dana. Use code Dana and also look for Black Rifle Coffee in grocery and convenience stores. Black Rifle Coffee, America's coffee. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Anytime I see weird headlines like this, I get excited because I think maybe it's a sweet meteor of death coming to blast our planet into just bits of gravel and space dust. 
Or then I get excited and I think maybe it's the aliens finally come to render the punishment we all deserve. I don't know what I think of it, but these, this story, ominous green lasers shot over Hawaii, didn't come from NASA satellite after all. So this thing, this, this event took place on January 28th. It looks like something out of the Matrix, you know, with Keanu Reeves. And it was above Hawaii, a green laser was seen piercing the night sky, they write completely hyperbolically, silently tracing a path towards the horizon like a stutter in the Matrix's code. I mean, that's actually very nice intro. So the, they apparently caught it on camera from a telescope on Hawaii's tallest, their tallest peak. And it was weird because it was a bunch of green lines evenly spaced apart vertically in the sky. And they just looked like a, a bunch of green beams. It looked really wild. Now, at first, they said that it probably came from a radar device on an orbiting satellite. And that's owned by NASA. It's called ICES at 2. And it looks at the thickness of the Earth's sea ice, ice sheets, blah, blah, blah. Uh, now they're saying it, it may not be that at all. So is it aliens? And then they were talking about dual wavelength lasers and a bunch of stuff. I'm just going to go with aliens. China. Or China. Maybe China's working with aliens. It could be. I, I, but I don't like to assume China because I don't have any faith at all whatsoever in their ability to technologically progress because everything that they do is so shoddy. So I just don't know. Uh, moving on. Studies showing that eating less can help you live longer. The alternate to this headline, just don't be a fat edible snakes. How about that? Just maybe like slow your roll when it comes to calorie intake because it actually reduces the risk of an early death. And it could boost your health, you know, if you don't eat like you're a goat. It's nice. And GoFundMe removes pages set up by strangers for the Arizona rancher who defended himself on his own property because self-defense is under attack. More on that coming up as well. Stay with us. Folks, are you concerned about American K-12 through education? Are you worried about what your children or grandchildren are learning or not learning in school? So if you've answered yes, my friends at Hillsdale College have a free resource for you. You've heard me talk about how Hillsdale College understands the importance of education to the future of our country. And now they're offering you 10 free print copies of their recent issue of Imprimus entitled Education as a Battleground, written by Hillsdale College President Larry P. Arn. This special issue provides a factual account of the issues in the ongoing battle over education and why parents and teachers, not bureaucrats or activists, should guide what our children learn. With Hillsdale College, you can make a difference in your community by distributing these copies of Imprimus to your community. Don't miss this opportunity to arm yourself with the facts. Claim your 10 free copies of Education as a Battleground by visiting Dana 4 for Hillsdale. That's Dana4Hillsdale.com. Act today and join the battle over education for our country's future. That's Dana4Hillsdale.com. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And wasn't it a major security breach for the United States, just the fact that the balloon came into the airspace and flew over the country for so many days? No, look... (laughs) The total amount of uh, intelligence gathering that's going on by every country around the world is overwhelming. And the idea that a balloon could traverse, uh, break American airspace is, uh, anyway, Was he gonna it's, it's not there? a major breach. It's not a major breach? Do you know what, and first off, that's Biden talking about this just yesterday. Welcome back to the program. You're... Mostly tolerable curmudgeon today. You can listen from sea to shining sea. And also watch the uh, simulcast on Facebook, YouTube, 
and DirecTV Channel 349 with the first. So his whole reasoning for this, and I was, I'm actually pulling up this link right now. I had it saved. His reasoning for this was that, and this is kind of wild, his reasoning is that because other countries spy. Now he's, he was asked what he, if it was a major breach, and he said, well, it's not a major breach. He said, look, the total amount of intelligence gathering that's going around, this is the key in the soundbite, the total amount of intelligence, he said, of intelligence gathering that's going on by every country around the world is overwhelming. That's what he told Telemundo last, or, yeah, last night. And that's, that's just insane. That, well, everybody else, first off, I don't think everybody else sends balloons like that. I do think that people don't get caught. And I, and I think that surveillance is part of all of it, but that doesn't mean that when you're a geopolitical foe who has stolen IP from you and has carried out uh, cyber uh, security attacks, etc., that doesn't mean that you just allow them to do it. I just could not believe that that was his response. Well, you know, everybody, everybody spies, so I just let him go through. That's not, that's not the, the proper way to respond to this. He said that he did admit that it was a violation of international law. So he's facing a lot of questions on this. So apparently Intel has linked the program, their little balloon thingy, to the principal military force in China, the People's Liberation Army, one of the most ironically named military outfits in the history of the world. And they're still mad that we shot down their stupid little balloon. I would have said, you know what? And you send another one over and we're going to shoot that over. And you said, we'll shoot that out of the sky too. You send another one over, we'll shoot that the hell out of the sky. That's what I would say if I was president. And then I would just make another one and put Chinese spy balloon on it and then shoot it down out of the sky and send them footage just for fun. So he was talking to Telemundo about this. Well, it's just, you know, it's, um, it's not a major, it's think because everybody does it. The, isn't that the, what Wilby Goldberg said yesterday? Didn't she say yesterday that, well, the re, it's not a big deal? Did he just take, did she write his response? I mean, she's, she asks him, or she, or she said that he, uh, which is, was his answer to the question that he was asked by Telemundo here. Well, she was saying that, well, everybody spies, so it's not a big deal. When you catch them, it's a big deal. And this was not, they weren't trying to be on the down low with this. This was China sending over this, this huge balloon. Now, by the way, uh, Biden did find, let me pull this one up. Biden did find some balloons that he hated. Did you guys hear about this? Mm-hmm. He did, ladies and gentlemen, find some balloons that he actually dislikes. And that is uh, the surveillance blimps at the southern border. Yeah, they, they're used, those are the ones that are used to monitor what they call the gotaways. Now, the ones at the border, the ones that monitor the border, the, the gotaways that, that are able to get into the interior of the country, there used to be eight, now, and then, or no, there used to be, uh, I think, 12. Eight of them, seven or eight of them were removed last year, and now the final ones are being taken offline. And that's the Washington Free Beacon. The Biden administration is taking the blimps, which allow agents to detect illegal entrant activity over long periods of time, taking them out of commission due to funding cuts. Now, see, 
Democrats like to say that they'll cut spending, but this is the stuff that they cut. They'll, they want to spend money to cut off people's willies in jail in the military and have taxpayer-funded abortion and all this other stuff. But with this, oh, and send over to Ukraine. But with this, they can't, oh, it's a balloon. By the way, you know why they, they run blimps? They're like the cheapest things to put together. They're so much less expensive than drones and everything else. That's why they're still used. That's why China used these this balloon thing. Because it's cheap. So they're blaming funding cuts. And they said that because they detect illegal entrant over long periods of time, they're removing the last four. These are. Have you ever heard the phrase eyes in the sky whenever Border Patrol's talked? This is what they're talking about. They're talking about the blimps. How many times have you heard that? Not even really been fully aware of it, but now it's making sense to you. How many times have you heard about eyes in the sky? This is, that's what the, it's known in their agency, these blimps. And it's going to pretty much eliminate their ability to track gotaways. And just last month, remember, there were 1.2 million gotaways since Biden took office. Now, I don't understand why they're doing funding cuts. Because like I said, this is cheap. The blimps are cheap. How much is how much Kane, how much does a satellite cost, you think? Oh. A satellite? Mm-hmm. Oh, in the millions. Yeah. Millions. Probably a lot. How much like for drones? Well, it'd probably be like five figures for a decent one. Okay. But the balloon, the blimps, it's pretty cheap, right? Oh yeah, definitely cheap. So that's the cheap thing to do. But they say that we can't even afford that. Can you tell me how much money we sent to Ukraine to protect their borders last time? Oh, man. So far, I think we've spent close to $50 billion. Well, what was the last uh, monetary amount that oh, we kicked over to, to them? I'd have to look that up, but it was, it was pretty substantial. Pretty su- but we can do that. We can send money for their borders, but we can't even continue funding four, four, one, two, three, four blimps to be eyes in the sky for our border patrol. That's a huge issue. Well, he also cut funding on the wall day one when he became president. Yeah, but this is like they this is for the the, that they can't even do this. Someone made the point. Where's this at? I'm going to open this. There was a uh, it was over at Wall Street Journal. Someone made the point that, you know, budget cuts, but they're putting the fence around the Capitol again. This is a piece of Wall Street Journal, because when I was there for State of the Union, the and I took some pictures of it, the wall that they because walls work. Uh, the wall that they erected around the Capitol, it was hardcore. Was absolutely hardcore. And massive, like multi-layer walls. And so I just, it was kind of amazing to see that. And then now you, you hear, because they were they were very expensive. They would have one section of the wall and then they would have at the corner... They would have like a little security check-in. You had to walk up steps. It was a platform and there was a little space where they were because it was really cold out. Then you would have another section of the wall and at every corner of the block, there was like a little on a raised platform, there was this little security uh, shed, little makeshift temporary shed that they were in. But they don't have the money for, I, I don't even know how much the blimp is, but I would imagine that it's not anywhere near what we've sent Ukraine. To protect their borders, and I would imagine that it's not anywhere near the cost of what it took for the the wall. I'll put this in. What I'm going to do is send an email out about this later, and I'm going to put in there the photos that I that I have of the wall. I took them, and I was like, eh, I don't know. I'm just going to have them. But now that I see this story about them cutting the, I'm like, that you could have spent some of that. They, I'm not joking you. There were like three levels, so it was one wall. 
Then there was the wall around that wall. And then there was the wall around that wall. And they were so tall, you couldn't even see from the street walking around in the Capitol complex. You couldn't even see like the first and second story windows in the buildings. That's how tall those walls were. They were huge. So I'm just. This is absolutely as we've heard from lawmakers before on purpose. So he'll take down those balloons. But this one, well, you know, everyone spies. That makes it okay. Everyone spies. They have a healthy, they have healthy intelligence, but this is not everyone spying. This is a case of a geopolitical foe with whom we are engaged in what is not, what our government refuses to acknowledge as a cold war. And they're sending blatantly a balloon provocatively into our airspace that is as big as three trucks put together. That's kind of, that's a little bit more than everybody spies. I think that that's the wrong analysis of this. And if he doesn't see it as more than what it is, that's pretty troubling. Mm. So yeah, that's the balloon that he totally has no problem with keeping up that one. But meanwhile, China's still mad. I saw the story. They're still apparently very upset that we shot this down. And they keep asking for apologies, et cetera, et cetera. It's not going to happen. They said that this is that the accusations that have been made against what their balloon was was is information warfare, and they're they're insisting that it's for weather. It's not for weather. They found all kinds of like recording devices and everything else on there. You know, that's like stuff that you don't use for weather. Well, the, we're we're recording the wind. Mm-mm. CBS News said that. It carried high-tech equipment that was completely capable of collecting communication signals and other sensitive information. I wonder if it had, like, infrared and other stuff. There's, like, certain things that you can do with that, but the balloon setup like that that you can't do with the satellite, etc. And it's cheaper. So it seems like they're mapping absolutely everything. They said that it was equipped with large solar panels to provide an array of intelligence collection sensors and that the manufacturer is has a, a... You don't just say you have a relationship with the Chinese military. It's CCP. And they had antennas, all kinds of stuff that could collect uh, information. This is from the Wall Street Journal. So, yeah, that doesn't seem like it's for the weather. I mean, it's pretty obvious. That's their MO, though, is they want to default and immediately play victim. But the State Department still says things like, well, it's, you know, capable of this. It's capable. I mean, it's a recovered Spy balloon. It's not the, what is, what is uh, Beijing been calling it? Civilian climate research vehicle. They asked for the debris to be returned. Pound sand. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. We have more on the way, including the Department of Justice has responded to the House Oversight Committee subpoenas. Now, they did issue a subpoena there for Merrick Garland and Chris Ray. I have to tell you, at State of the Union, I saw that um, Mayorkas and Garland, they sat... Mayorka sat behind Garland and they were both on their feet clapping like seals over every single little thing, over every little thing. So we're going to get into that, that response to those subpoenas. We also have some of the latest on the Project Veritas, that back and forth. I'm so I'm just aggravated today. I'm aggravated at that. There's other stuff that's popping off today that I guess I don't know. I'm not being on social media. I can't tell if it hit. So it's just it's all insane. 
How do you say I love you? With flowers, chocolate, can jewelry really express true love? Because in the end, they all fall short. The only thing that can completely communicate the depths of your affection this Valentine's Day is meat. And not just any meat, though. Over 85% of grass-fed beef sold is imported from overseas. Ew. And that's why it has to be Good Rancher's 100% American hand-trimmed steakhouse quality meat delivered directly to your door. Right now, get $30 off any box from Good Rancher's with code DANA. this gift is sure to add some sizzle. Whether on the grill or in a pan, nothing simmers like prime cuts of beef, pasture-raised chicken, and premium quality seafood. Visit GoodRanchers.com and ditch the usual boring gifts that just don't cut it. Say I love you with American meat instead. Snag your $30 off with code Dana at GoodRanchers.com today. Love is in the air and it smells just like, you guessed it, Good Ranchers. Save $30 on your unique gift this Valentine's Day by visiting GoodRanchers.com. Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. Welcome back to the program. Your crabby curmudgeon here with you today. This Friday. It is Friday, though, so that's a good thing. All right, I got to tell you this story. If you follow me on anything other than Twitter, since I'm totally locked out, and I think I'm going to be abandoning that account altogether. The big drama in our house yesterday. I was... You know, I, as one does, you have your shower, right? You're getting ready to go to bed. And I exit said shower. And you know how I feel like human instinct sometimes is more aware than you might be, your actual conscience might be. And I looked down as I was stepping out of the shower and it suddenly turned into this like 80s, you know, thing where <laughs> we're doing a radio show just come on in uh it turned into this you know 80s thing where everything stopped and everything went to slow-mo and i heard like the you know jason horror movie slasher music and as everything froze my foot very slowly like the matrix was making its way to a snake on the ground by my shower I'll repeat, a snake on the ground by my shower. I'll say it more slowly. A snake on the ground. Snake. I understand that this is in Texas, right? We're in Texas, and sometimes weird stuff happens here. Like, case in point, one time, the first time I ever called my mom, I was outside. We had just moved here. I was outside in some, I thought it was a hummingbird, and it wasn't a hummingbird. It was a giant moth. That was insane and murderous, and it flew right into my face. I don't like small things that have attitude, okay? I'd rather them be big. I want to be able to see them. If I don't like things that are too small where I can't see the menacing stare they give me. It's just, it freaks me out. And in the meantime, so all this is happening, and I see it's a snake. It is a snake. It's in Texas. Weird stuff, as I said, happens in Texas, but it is, Kane, it's February 10th. Yeah. Yesterday was February 9th. Was it a... Why is a snake in my shower? Was it a big one or it's, was it a small Does it matter? Was it, it was a snake. All yeah, snakes are big. It's a, <laughs> all of them are large. Yeah, they, yeah, they are. I don't care. They're all big. I don't, it, I don't care if it was tiny enough to fit in a water bottle, which this one might have been. I don't care. They're all large. They're all large snakes. If it sticks its tongue out at you, you know what that means? That it's going to immediately go up your nose hole and eat your brain out. Oh. That's what's that's why I also don't like crickets cuz they all fly at your face. I didn't know that. Yes. Terrifying. 
my husband got it out and he looked at me like, you know, you would, if you're a dad, you would look at your, your son who you realize can't catch a football. And he just looked at me. There's two things I don't like spiders and any, any smallish thing where I can't see the menacing look it's giving me. I did survive. I thought I died to death, but I didn't. I did survive. Second hour on the way. Stay with us. Scholar and author Spencer Clavin joins me to discuss his timely new book, How to Save the West. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, Clavin explains how the wisdom of ancient Greek philosophers informs our current cultural insanity and how the left's endgame is far more appalling than many realize. And I'll tell you about the latest effort by leftist elites to muzzle conservative voices. Follow the Sarah Carter Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The worst thing look. I know that a lot of Republicans, their dream is to cut Social Security and Medicare. Well, let me say this. If that's your dream, I'm your nightmare. <laughs> Does he know that he's not dreaming right now? Does he know that he's already my nightmare? Yeah, I mean, you don't, you're you already nightmare. It's okay. Welcome, President Nightmare. Welcome back to the program. Top of the second hour. Dana Lash here with you. Nobody, nobody in the Republican Party has been to, I don't know where, why he keeps saying this. Literally no one in the GOP has said they're cutting Social Security. Why? Why is there? I just don't get it. Like, there's there's nothing that says at all. Nowhere, anybody, nobody has ever said that they wanted to cut Social Security. He's this is something that he makes up and he just keeps repeating. It's like me saying Joe Biden says he wants to put out the sun. And then they would say, oh, well, that's dumb. You can't say that. Oh, well, you don't want to put out the sun now? So you agree with me that you don't want to, that putting out the sun's bad? Okay, then. Glad that I was able to convince you. That's what he did at State of the Union. That, that whole tactic. And then, and then it'd be like me still going out there and going, yeah, well, no, Joe Biden says he wants to put out the sun. You know, right? Joe Biden says he wants to kill all the old people. Democrats come out. Oh, Joe Biden's never said that. Biden says, I've never said that. That's not true. Oh, so you agree with me that you that killing all old people's bad. Okay, I'm glad I was able to convince you. By the way, he still wants to kill all the old people. That's what he's doing right here with us. Nobody, literally nobody has said that they wanted to do anything about Social Security. They want make to, to make sure that people get what they paid into the government because it's their money. As I said yesterday, the problem has always been Democrats treat it like it's a jelly bean jar. I'm just going to take a little bit right now. Just going to have me a little bit. I'm going to give you a story. I'm going to try to tie this in in a way that maybe you might understand it if you're still, which if you're a drive-by and you struggle with math or numbers or logic. So when I was in seventh grade, I was in choir. Now this was in gosh the 90s so do they still do the the candy bar sales i actually don't know if kids do that anymore today do they still do that or is this are, is yeah, our society all, so garbage my that kids are all older now yeah but is society so garbage that kids can't even do that today i hope not. i'm curious because i just noticed i just realized i haven't seen that anyway so the choir i was in a choir and we had to do like a fundraiser we, we needed to get new choir robes, right? So we had candy bar. We did the candy bar sale. And you had to sell X amount of candy bars, etc. And they weren't just any candy bars, mind you. They were the 100 grands. 
You, oh, I know, right? You know 100 grand. Steve, you know 100 grand? What? Juan, do you know 100 grand? Juan knows 100 grand. Juan's over there like, I know that. That is, if you don't know what the 100 grand is, the 100 grand is imported from heaven. It is made by angels and carefully and lovingly packaged and then sent down to earth for all of us to enjoy. That's the hundred grand. I don't even actually know what's in it. I know there's some caramel in there and it's chocolate and I just don't even know what's in it. It's just so good. I don't even care. You could, that's the only time that you could tell me, no, that's those weff crickets in there. And I'd be like, meh, just delete it. It's that good. Anyway, so we had this, this candy bar box, a hundred grand, right? And I had to go and sell all these. I don't even remember how much they were. I think they're like a dollar because they were the bigger ones, right? They weren't the little, little bitty ones. They were the larger ones because there's a fundraiser. So it was special. So this is a whole dollar. And I don't even remember how many I had to sell. But I do remember one day, I wanted a snack. We didn't have anything except pe- pecan sandies. That's what my parents like to eat. Like, it's, I'm so sorry I'm going to say this, but that's like the old person's cookie, okay? It is. Pecan sandies. Nobody, what is that? That's, a, that's not a treat. That's a punishment. It's sand from the desert. Mushed together with some nuts. That's what it is. It's a dry, horrible cookie. It's not even a cookie. It's torture. Worst thing ever invented. Number, sidebar, another reason why I can't be in office is I jail the person who make those. Anyway, back to my point. Had a box of 100 grand. I needed to sell them. And I sold some, right? I was selling some of these candy bars. And then I needed a snack one day. Went in the kitchen. All we had were them damn pecan sandies. Like, you know what I do have, though? I looked at the box in my room, 100 grands. Huh. I'm just, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to have one. I'm going to have one of them. The fundraiser? Yeah, the fundraiser candy. And I'm like, I won't put a dollar in. I'll buy my own candy bar. It's all right. I can do that. So I had 100 grand. Now, the story would end there if I said that that was the only time that happened. But I was a, I was a peculiar child. And I really liked the 100 grands. <laughs> and so I filled the box. I kept all the empty wrappers in the box so I would know how much money I owed myself from I this fundraiser. You. I owe me. <laughs> so I ate the whole box. Oh my. I sold like five. Wow. I ate, I don't know how many candy bars because they give you a lot. And when I told my mom, I said, I need to get some money because I owe myself money for the candy bars I ate. And I'll never forget, she opened up the box and it was like, before Dumb and Dumber, this happened. <laughs> when they when that Dumb and Dumber, when they open up the box and it's all IOUs, that was me <laughs> with my candy bars. So she opens up the 100 grand box and she's like, the hell is this? And it's just all these empty wrappers. And I'm like, I just need a couple of bucks. So I can pay myself back. And she's like, this is more than a couple of bucks, Dana. And she's looking at all of these empty raptor- wrappers. It was like $80. I ate like $80 oh of candy bars. What? So long story short. 80? Yeah. That, and I actually think I only sold two. Uh, that is what Democrats do with Social Security. They have your hundred grands. In the box in their room. 
Then they want a snack. And they're like, hmm, just going to help me to one. Just going to help myself to one. I owe you it. I'll pay it back. And they keep going and going. And the next thing they know, when they go to get another hundred grand, there are only empty wrappers in there. That is literally the story of how government deals with Social Security. So when Al Gore says that he's going to put it in a lockbox like he did back when he was running against Bush in the early aughts, that's not what he was doing. I mean, there was no lock on it. There was no box. It was just a candy bar box in his bedroom. That's it. So that's whenever you hear Joe Biden go out there and say, oh, they want to cut. the." You know what? They want. There's really you can't say that anybody you couldn't even say that Democrats wanted to get rid of Social Security at this point because it presupposes that it exists and it doesn't. All the money that you paid in is gone. It's all gone. Do you know where you're getting your money from now? The money from the people who are paying in for it now. It's a Ponzi scheme. I said this once on CNN, and the left went apoplectic. They were apoplectic over this. They were so mad that I had said it because that's what it is. You can't get what's yours unless the people who are getting into it now are paying. So what happens when, you know, I mean, there's we're not going to have anything by the time we're old and retired and we got to have our Social Security came. The boomers, the boomers, they're, they don't have any. All the boomer Social Security money's gone. It went for very important things, guys. It went to like study lesbian obesity and shrimp on treadmills. And Ukraine really needed it. For what, I don't know, because there's never any accountability. But, you know, they needed it. I mean, their border is very important. No, not our border. Their border, I said, is very important. So it went for things like that, you know, and, and nation building and other stuff. That's why you don't have it. And so then, I mean, there, it's insolvent. There, it just You keep having to pay into it. So Democrats realize, oh, my gosh, there's our cash cow. We never want to see it privatized. Privatization means you just get to have a choice as to whether or not you want to give your money to the bum on the corner, which is the federal government, or would you like to take it and put it in a nice actual bank that has a you know, fiduciary responsibility? I'm just saying. Government is like the bum on the corner, isn't it? It's the same thing. That's, that's Social Security. Social actually, Security is the, fe- is the federal government being the bum on the corner. I actually have more respect for the bums on the corner. Much yeah, the more. bum on the corner Much is like, more. at least I'm a bum. I'm not in government. I'm like, you are right, sir. And they don't tell me, don't assume my gender either. Just saying. So for him to say this stuff, it's just goofy. Okay, so let's. we've had the House oversight. We've been talking about the, the weaponization of government. What in the world is going on with the FBI and Catholics? Is there anyone that, wait, I think it's better to ask this question. Who doesn't the FBI hate? I didn't, so they... This is one of the goofiest things I've ever seen. So there's a whole thing with the FBI and Catholics. They're very suspicious. They're suspicious of everyone. I mean, I would think that you're in a bad enough spot as the FBI with everything that happened with parents and school boards without having to go one further. Right. So there's a leaked internal memo from the FBI. It's from undercover D.C., And it's from their Virginia office, their Richmond division. They want to protect Virginians from the threat of white supremacy, which they believe is headquartered in Catholic churches where they do Latin mass. Oh, man, I am full of jokes right now. 
Oh, man, I have so many. I'm going to short circuit. Let's see if I can move on past myself. So they say that it is a potential domestic terror thing. They're intelligence analysts within the Richmond field office of the FBI. They released on January 23rd, just so just a, you know, a couple weeks ago. The report on racially or eth- ethnically motivated violent extremists, RMVE, they love their acronyms, and their interest in radical traditionalist Catholics or RTCs. They said that they have high confidence that the FBI can mitigate the threat of radical traditionalist Catholics by recruiting sources within the Catholic Church. So the acronym, they said RTCs are, quote, typically characterized by the rejection of the Second Vatican Council. I don't even know what that means because I was raised Baptist and I'm non-denominational. And then they say that the preference for a Catholic mass in Latin instead of the vernacular and a number of more traditional views on other world religions is adherence to an anti-Semitic, anti-immigrant, anti-LGBTQ and white supremacist ideology. And they make this gigantic leap that there's apparently a distinction between traditional Catholics who like traditional Latin mass and pre-Vatican II teachings and RTCs who are extremist ideological uh, beliefs and have violent rhetoric. Um, what? That's, who do they even now, who do they analyze for this? How in the world? And they have a number of articles. Guess who they use? They use a hate group. Southern Poverty Law Center is a hate group. And they and they also don't like people any person any people of faith, uh, and so they they came that's what they came up with that's what they're this is crazy we're going to deep dive into this more because is there anyone at this point that the FBI doesn't hate it's a fair question and now all of the news you would probably miss it's time for Dana's Quick Five brought to you by Caltech so this. Uh, Apparently, ChatGPT rattled Google. The tech giant's new AI bot, Bard, made a gaffe that wiped off $100 billion from the firm's value because it was rushed out to counter the growing threat from rivals. That's there. I didn't even know Google had its own little AI bot. It, it presented incorrect information as fact, and experts say it was rushed into announcing before it was ready because it's trying to compete against ChatGPT, which is crazy. But mm, that's just, you know, telling you. Uh, Let's see. This, uh, more than 50 million Americans are projected to bet on the Super Bowl. I wonder how much money is going to be lost. Who are you pulling for, Kane? I'm going for the Eagles. I know I'm a Missouri guy. Yeah, but we're St. Louis, though. And we hate, look, sports-wise, you're supposed to hate KC. Like, KC is supposed to hate SDL. But, yeah, I think uh, going for the Eagles this time. Mm, Uh, A couple returned home to find a another couple impersonated them and then sold their house. That seems really wild. But that's exactly what happened. According to CBS 12, uh, this is in Canada. A couple in Canada returned home from a trip to find two people had impersonated them and sold their home. Uh, They said that the homeowners left the country for a business trip. The two individuals who have not been identified hired a real estate agent and put the house on the market. They sold the house. They took possession of property through fake identification. And then after the sale, the actual homeowners learned their house was sold without their consent. That's that's absolutely insane. But they said, yeah, they sold their house and that and I can't believe they haven't named the, the, the perpetrators. I completely would have. So coming up, 
Montana Governor Greg Gianforte is sla- is slamming back the the ATF's pistol brace rule. We're going to talk about that more. Stick with us. Politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail. It's the Dana Show. Welcome back to the program. Your lovable curmudgeon here, Dana Lash. You can listen from sea to shining sea across the fruited plains of this country to the radio program. You can also watch the simulcast, YouTube, Facebook, Channel 349, DirecTV via the first as well. We we talked about the ATF and all of these these bureaucratic agencies within the federal government that love circumventing circumventing Congress and, and creating from rules law which they don't have the authority to do. Uh, But that doesn't stop them from doing it, and it hasn't stopped some in the federal government from allowing them to do it. And the most recent example of this, I mean, we had the the thing with the the moratorium on rent and and, uh, collecting rent and all of this with uh, the CDC, and there was a case where the CDC was was pushed back. The, The judge determined that, you know, they don't have the authority to do that. There's there's this whole oversight process that these agencies are supposed to follow when doing these things. And the ATF is the most recent one that did not follow any kind of oversight process with their pistol brace rule. Now, they did this with the bump stock thing. And it doesn't matter what one thinks of bump stocks. And it doesn't matter what one thinks of pistol braces. The bottom line is that Congress makes law. These agencies do not, but they consider or want to have these rules that they write be interpreted and followed and enforced just as though they were laws. And you can see the danger in that. So with the bump stock rule, they ended up losing in Fifth Circuit because it was the 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 uh, courts held that they did not follow the process they were supposed to in order to actually do anything like this. They were trying to amend existing constitutional law. And now with the pistol brace rule, I would imagine that this is going to follow the same path. But until it does, they're banned. So we have this whole this whole waiting period where they're banned. But that hasn't stopped some governors since the federal government decides that they're not going to do anything about this, some governors are sticking up for their constituents saying, yeah, this is not this is not legal. This is not constitutional. This is not how we do things. And one of those, as I noted yesterday, is Governor Greg Gianforte of Montana. He came out with a statement. He sent a letter saying that this is n- not, in fact, how this is going to go at all. He sent a letter to the DOJ to Mayor Garland and said that this this rule, they're not going to enforce this in Montana. They're not enforcing this final rule for pistol braces. And he said that it, quote, erodes the Second Amendment. Governor Gene Forte joins us now from the great state of Montana. Governor, thank you so much for your time today. This was a strong statement. Have you heard back from uh, Merrick Garland or anyone at the DOJ in response to your letter? Well, Dana, thanks for having me on. And not yet, but it's it's really a simple matter. We saw and see the continued overreach of the federal government. And in Montana, we believe in our Constitution, and in particularly the Second Amendment, it's very clear. It says the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So that's why in 2021, I signed into law a piece of legislation that says, if the federal government steps beyond the bounds of our U.S. Constitution and starts to infringe on our rights to keep and bear arms, Law enforcement in Montana do not have to enforce those unconstitutional rules. It started with bump stocks, as you mentioned. Now we're seeing these stabilizer braces. They're intended to help our veterans or disabled uh, handle large format pistols. And uh, we're just not going to have it in Montana. 
Yeah, and it's gonna it would create a lot of felons out of a lot of people. And as you just noted, talking with Montana Governor Greg Gianforte, as you just noted, Governor, it I mean it really this was created to help disabled firearm owners. And a lot of them were veterans who were coming back from, you know, the front lines and now we have this this pistol brace rule, which is setting the stage to criminalize a lot of them through a rule and and no congressional oversight. I mean, that's 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 a real problem when we're allowing these these agencies to do this. I was a little shocked that you've been one of the only governors that's actually stood up and have pushed back specifically on this. Have you heard from any of your other fellow Republican governors? I would hope that you're setting a, a pattern here that they would follow. Well, I we're I'm getting encouragement from across the country. This is a real issue of federal overreach. It's not mm-hmm. just in this area of firearms. It's also in the area of woke investment. Uh, we just took the step of pulling back all the pension fund proxy voting because we don't want uh, this ESG wokeness uh, diminishing the financial returns for uh, state employees. Uh, we yeah, pulled back we, 20, voting on $26 billion of investments because we can't have them uh, you know, implementing their political agendas. Yeah, and that's a huge, uh, a huge uh, move that you've made as well. And we've talked about ESG uh, on, which is, you know, I mean, it's like the part of the green woke agenda where they're they're bringing all of that in and, and punishing corporations and uh, taxpayers through investments, all of this stuff. Uh, and that's, I mean, they, because there is, you know, people have the f- a fiduciary duty. You've, no- I mean, this is you've noted this as well. Um, talk, talk to us a little bit about that too, because and uh, because I want to get into some of this other stuff because I know that you, um, from what I've read, were pushing pushing back on, you know, the moratoriums with rent and leases, because ultimately it comes down to the federal government treating, you know, coming up with with these these rules that they're treating as law, no accountability. And so it really I mean, you're that's why you have to I mean, governors like yourself are having to stand up for taxpayers in your states because you have to be the barrier between what the federal government is is doing, how they're I mean, essentially, for the lack of a better way to put it, punishing taxpayers in different states with either, you know, the CDC stuff or the ATF stuff or ESG. Talk to us a little bit about how your job has really ultimately become a lot more difficult in doing that, because it seems like the federal government is is doing this under this administration more than ever. Well, we're seeing these confiscation of property rights and furtherance of political agendas in every area. I mean, I we mentioned ESG, and just so folks are aware, you say, well, that's just the, uh, the investment house as well. If you have a 401k and it's with uh, Vanguard or uh, with one of these other national houses, somebody's voting the 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 shareholder proxies on your behalf, and they could. In what has happened is these elites in New York and San Francisco have decided that financial performance is not the most important thing, but their political agenda is the most important thing. ESG stands for environmental and social governance, and they're voting your retirement funds in favor of climate change, in favor of the Paris Climate Accord, and in uh, anti-Second uh, Amendment ways that have nothing to do. I mean, I think most people who have a retirement fund want, would put financial performance at the top so they can have a secure retirement. Uh, that's not what's happening today in these investment houses. So that's a problem. We're also seeing overreach in other areas, with particularly with the Biden administration's 30 by 30 plan, which is essentially using things like waters of the U.S., 
uh, and other rules, the EPA, to confiscate private property rights. And for my part, as the, the, the CEO of the state of Montana, we're going to create a sanctuary for freedom and the free market. And uh, it's my job to make sure Montanans are protected. I love that. A sanctuary for freedom and the free market. Well, you're doing just that, Governor, and I I really appreciate you standing up for the Second Amendment in your state, pushing back against this uh, ridiculous overreach, and for not just this, but for all these other issues where it's taking place. Montana Governor Greg Gianforte, thank you so much, sir, for your time. We'd love to have you back again. Yeah, thank you, Dana. Of course. Take care. And that's true, because we're seeing... So, I mean, we with the CDC, just touching on the CDC, the moratorium uh, that they had, they, they were trying to actually figure out another way to, uh, to get around uh, the last court ruling on that, uh, on that uh, I, I don't want to say program, on the rule, I guess, because that's when the CDC was saying because of the lockdown, because of the pandemic, uh, we're going to give people a pass on uh, paying their rents, etc. And so then all of these property owners who still had to pay taxes... They still had to make their mortgage payments. They didn't get any kind of reprieve. Uh, they were they ended up having to eat a lot of this. And then the study came out. There was a survey that was done while all of this was happening that the majority of people who are landlords in the United States, actually minority landlord owners aren't the minority of landlord owners. And then did you see the story went away after that? When that came out, when those figures came out, that story went away because all of a sudden the left realized, oh, my gosh, we're actually penalizing minority property owners because they're they comprise the biggest segment of landlords in the United States. Oh, my gosh. And then there were all of these reports that began bubbling up from local news where and we played a lot of them. I'm not going to do it again, but just for you know illustrative purposes here where landlords were saying, look, we're not rich. We're not like you know uber rich billionaires. And that was a common that's what communists always think, don't they? That's like what the left was assuming, is that, oh, these people are billionaires and, and trillionaires, and so they can, they can afford to eat some of this. But then when local news began digging in in city after city and talking to these, these property owners, these landlords, they discovered that they're just middle-class folks like everyone else, and this is how they're choosing to do their living and make their income. And it, was, it made a hardship on them. And then they started struggling and started and, and risk going into... Uh, being not being able to make their mortgage payments on property because they were being told by the federal government and the Biden administration that these people had to live there for free. This is the problem of unaccountability. And it's not, that's why I keep saying it's not just about pistol braces and it's not just about leasing and it's not just about, you know, with ESG, some of these regulations. It's about these very far left bureaucratic departments creating law instead of Congress creating law. They write these rules and they demand the same treatment and enforcement as law, but they're not law. I was talking to um, a friend of mine and he was explaining to me the complicated reality because my question was, well, if these, if these rules aren't law, then why do, I have to, why do I have to follow them? If this is a rule and it's not a law, why do I have to follow it? Why should I be considered or anyone be considered for like a pistol brace, for instance, a felon in violation of the NFA because our pistol was suddenly redefined as an SBR short barrel rifle. 
You know, when I went up to the ATF at SHOT Show, it was ridiculous because I talked to these agents and it took, by the time we were finished with the conversation, there were no fewer than six agents standing before me. Not a single one of them could answer a, could answer a question because I, I, they kept going, well, we follow the rule of law. And I said, well, with all due respect, if you follow the rule of law, why were you in the Fifth Circuit? Why did they find against you with, when it comes to bump stock if you followed the rule of law? Why was it? Why was it determined that you ignored the oversight process through which you're supposed to you're supposed to follow in order to come up with these rules? And Congress is supposed to have oversight on the rules you come up with. Why didn't you do that? If you follow the rule of law, and I, you know, I was I pressed them. I said, "This is it doesn't make sense because you say that you're here to engender goodwill with this industry that you want to regulate, but yet you sent a letter out to all these people telling them that a product that they had was completely legal to make and sell, and then you turn around and send out another letter saying, "Nope, nope, we changed our mind. It's not." Well, they had already put in orders. They there were a number of companies that that were shot that I talked to that had to put had to stop order on a bunch of their products because they didn't want to run afoul of the ATF who couldn't make up their mind as to what was legal or what isn't. They do it. On purpose to try to trap people into following these ridiculous, contradictory rules that they make. And I, I, you know, I was talking to the one agent, and he said, "Well, you know, if you looked at the two hundred some odd pages, I was like, it's two hundred ninety-two. I read every single damn page. I read every single page of it. It was contradictory. It didn't grandfather in any kind of um, anything with regards to accessibility for the anyone who was disabled." I'm like, that was so vague and written purposefully so to be vague and unclear that it traps everybody. I'm like, how is this engendering, again, to my original question, how is this engendering goodwill? You can even write a decent, legible 292-page rule that I read that you didn't and your ATF. I mean, I was nice, but I wasn't going to be easy. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> It's time for Florida Man. So, uh, Florida Man, who was, he struck a stop sign and he was arrested with vodka shoved down his pants in Lee County. So there was a report to the Lee County Sheriff's Office that a car was driving erratically and jumping curbs on Monday evening. Maximilian Bayrent was driving, 828, was driving a red Toyota Corolla when he illegally entered a community gate and began driving towards people. Witnesses contacted authorities to report it. And when the sheriff's office showed up, they were told that he drove on the sidewalk, even on a golf course, all of it. And uh, the crash led police, a reported crash led police to the driver. They saw that he had hit a stop sign. He just destroyed it, threw it across the street, actually. And uh, he was, I mean, in he was slumped over the driver's side of the vehicle, mumbling and smelled of alcohol. His eyes were watering, bloodshot. He couldn't, or wouldn't step out of the vehicle. They had to unbuckle him themselves, the police did, and move his body weight to place him in handcuffs. And they found a bottle of Skull Premium Vodka shoved down the front of his pants. So he was taken to Lee County Jail, and he faces charges including DUI, property damage, leaving the scene of a crash, refusing to submit to a blood alcohol test, the whole nine yards. Uh, Also, I don't know what's going on here in Lee County, Cape Coral, Florida. Sometimes the situation never calls for a cold one, like when you're driving. So before midnight, just uh, on the 8th, just the other day, Lee County Sheriff's drove, they, they approached Gleason Parkway and they saw black Mercedes parked in the opposite lane, just op- just parked there. 
Uh, no traffic was making it be parked there. It was just parked there by itself, sitting there, lights on. So deputies went up. They put their flashlights on. They tried to determine if the vehicle was abandoned, and that's when they found four-year-old Michael Sarita sitting alone in the passenger seat by himself in the passenger seat. Beer cans galore, uh, and they said 24 packs of Michelob Ultra and Bud Light were torn into and drained. Uh, all the bottled casualties were visibly scattered at his feet. They tried to talk to him, but he was literally unable to speak because he was so drunk. So they had to get back up because he they they needed help because he was just he couldn't even get up. And so while he was there in front of the deputies, according to the arrest report, he reached into the pile of fallen aluminum cans and pulled out a hidden treasure, an unopened beer. And then he popped it open right in front of the police and began drinking it. So they had to, he got mad when they tried to get his beer away from him. And then they had to physically restrain him until their support came. So he's got DUI charge and resisting an officer charge. That's just the brass on that dude. Third hour on the way. Stick with us. More of the show after this. As I prayed about this invitation. Sorry. The thought came to me. To whom much is given, much is required. And I realize that this is not about me. I have been given the opportunity to speak up on behalf of numerous current and former Bureau employees who feel similarly, but they do not have a voice. I am not here today to show favor to any political party. That was a very interesting, that's some very interesting testimony. I thought it was a little longer than that. Welcome back to the program. Uh, Dana Lash here with you, top of our third hour. Audio soundbite 19, because this was, I, I wanted to hear her talk a little bit more about her, uh, exactly what she was there for. She's an FBI agent who left the FBI, and she was explaining how she had lost faith in the institution. If we have that, let's play that. And every day I woke up and I embraced being an FBI special agent until things changed. Over the course of my 12 plus years, the FBI's trajectory has transformed. On Bureau, the, papers, the Bureau's mission it remained the same, but its priorities and governing principles shifted dramatically. The FBI became politically weaponized, starting from the top in Washington and trickling down to the field offices. Although FBI employees have their First Amendment rights, they are not at the liberty to allow their personal political views or preferences to determine their course of action or inaction in any investigation. Lady Justice must remain blind. Those that do not uphold these responsibilities cause a negative ripple effect throughout the agency in the field. It's as if there became two FBI's. Americans see this and it is destroying the Bureau's credibility, causing Americans to lose faith in the agency and therefore the hardworking and highly ethical agents who still do the heavy lifting and pursue noble cases. It makes it very difficult for agents to do their job when the FBI loses the respect of the American people. What? Hmm. That is true. It makes it very difficult. Because I know that there are some good agents there, but top down. And then you have Peter Strzok, who's all over social media running his mouth. And you remember that. That's the guy who, along with fellow agent Lisa Page, they were talking about how they would, how, you know, what's the uh, laughing about undermining the election. It's, it's that does not give people any faith in their institutions. There is not really any reason for Americans to have faith in their in their government at this point. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to see it. I know that there are Republicans trying to hold things accountable, but they need to stop their petty infighting. 
especially getting up to 2024. I got to tell you, I really don't care about Trump's baggage with or his beef with other uh, contenders. And I don't care about Sununu's beef with other contenders when we're all dealing with all of this stuff. You have the FBI that was classifying parents as domestic terrorists. Okay, now they're apparently going after people if they go to Latin mass. And that's just one of one of these agencies. That's just one of these agencies. We have a lot bigger things happening than than ego contests within primaries that are still a year and a half off. I get aggravated when our side loses sight of the bigger picture here. I mean, this the whole thing with Latin mass, I was just really, as Kay noted, why why do communists hate like Catholics so bad? I mean, I was not raised Catholic. I was raised Baptist, and I'm non-denominational. I'm Church of Christ now. I just, I don't get the hatred that commies have for Catholics. I don't get it. I don't either. It's really messed up. So that's the only thing that I can, you know, fall back on when I was reading this memo that came out. It was supposed to be a private memo. came out from Richmond, their Richmond branch, because they believe somehow that uh bizarrely that if you go to latin mass then you're like a white supremacist or something i i was laughing about this earlier they call it they were calling it radical traditionalist catholic ideology they have like all these acronyms for it now they think i guess what that that catholics who go to latin mass are the ones attacking the synagogues i'm i don't know they said they said fbi richmond they relied on the key assumption that the racially or ethnically motivated extremists will continue to find radical traditionalist Catholic or RTC ideology attractive and will try to connect with RTC adherents via social media, et cetera, et cetera. So, and then when I mentioned earlier, when we first touched on this, Southern Poverty Law Center, Southern Poverty Law Center is a barely literate hate group that likes to say that everybody else is hate groups. Yeah. Everybody else, every other group is a hate group. And they had what in 2020, my friend Terry Kristoff wrote a piece at Red State saying there were 278 attacks on Catholic churches in 2020 alone. BLM loved going after Catholic churches. Let us not forget the one that was in D.C. that they set on fire. And then, of course, don't forget the Catholic crisis pregnancy centers and the firebombing of all of those. I mean, the FBI hasn't said a single damn thing about any of that. I mean, it's. You know, they did try to throw as, uh, and this was over at, uh, I think this may have been at Red State. They did try to throw a pastor in prison for 10 years because he sang uh, hymns outside of a, an abortion clinic. Yeah. So yeah, there's a reason why no one has faith in, in this agency. And it has been weaponized. It absolutely has been weaponized. I mean, who are the who are the people out there who are, Violent who speak Latin. I'm curious. I mean, the way that they sound, the way that the intel agencies and the FBI puts it, they act like it's it's like some singularly toothed backwoods cousin lover who is a white supremacist. But now apparently they're also Latin speakers. Am I understanding this correctly? Who boy. In vino veritas. Just. Wondering, you know, it's just wild. They can't pick a narrative, so they're just going to throw anything that they can. 
just crazy. So I, I don't, I don't know. I would just, I, I, I'm just shocked that this is literally what they're doing. This is literally what they're targeting now Catholics. Not any of the people burning down the crisis pregnancy centers. Now, this was a thing. It was um, it, Undercover DC first published this. And they noted that the person who wrote this piece, they really were jumping from uh, premise to premise here and trying to really reach. Like, I guess if you do a traditional, I have friends who go to, I have one friend, uh, they go to a traditional Latin mass. I may, I want, should I ask him if they're terrorists? You know, you know him too, right? Yeah. Here, I'll tell you his name on, on it's a, uh, right? Yeah. yeah. Goes to traditional Latin mass. We know this individual, right? Yeah. It, I, I never pegged him as a terrorist, man. Yeah, me I should go and report him for terrorism. My son is a national Latin scholar. I mean, he's not Catholic, but does that count? I don't know. Is it just the presence of the Latin or mm-hmm. Catholic in general? I think it's the ism. Yeah, the, there's Catholicism and then there's terrorism. I think it's the ism. I'm not sure, though. There's a lot of isms. There is. It's the, it's the cultural uh, church of isms. That's where we're at right now. I just think I just I'm I'm looking at the uh, undercover DC has their has the memo. They said that in making the assessments, FBI Richmond relied on the key assumption. I can't even believe all these acronyms. The RMVEs, I forgot what it stands for already, will continue to find RTC ideology attractive, and they're going to continue to attempt to connect with RTC adherents, uh, both virtually via social media and in person at places of worship. So that's going to cause FBI Richmond to revise judgments of confidence levels in its assessments that increases uh, RMVE subjects attendance at RT. Oh, my gosh. All the acronyms. And then there's a bunch of stuff blacked out. What language do they use? It's indicative of this ideology. Will they talk about Jesus? What? No. Not Jesus. What? I. This is so goofy. No one has any faith in these entities because of this stuff. I love that we have, I can't, first off, I can't even believe that we have a weaponization of government subcommittee. Let that sink in for a minute. We're at the point where we actually needed to create that. Weaponization of government. I really feel like, is that past the tea dumping in the harbor point? You know how we make fun of, um, there's this meme and it makes fun of the domestication of dogs and it shows these wolves approaching this caveman's fire and they're like, well, what's the worst that can happen? Maybe they'll share some of their food with us. And then, you know, a couple of thousand years later, you have dogs that have been bred to have no snouts at all whatsoever. I broke my back jumping on the couch. Like that's, you know, and they're dressed up in outfits. (laughs) I feel like that's also applicable to us. We went from you're going to tax our, we're, you're going to you're going to tax every our, our team. We're going to do all this stuff. Uh, actually, I mean from the Stamp Act on, and we threw tea in the harbor for it seemed like far less. And now we're like, well, okay, just don't spy on me too much, Mister Government. Hey, Mister Spy Device, can you put some milk on my grocery list? <laughs> I 
I don't know. So Luke Skywalker is apparently gay. Do you know this? What? Yeah. The dumbest character in all of Star Wars. I've always hated Luke Skywalker. Wait, so, wait, so the I hate the character. The what? character's gay? Yeah, Luke is apparently gay. I thought you were talking about Mark Hamill being gay, and then I was like, eh, not surprised. Uh, you're talking about Luke Skywalker. No, Mark Hamill's just a bad actor. Oh, got it. Yeah. Uh, he, and he gets the most attention, apparently, which is so weird to me. Like, he was the worst one out of all of them. Like, all of the other people he was with were actual, like, nice, good actors. He sucked. And his character is now a flabby guy that lives with a bunch of groundhogs on a mountain. Right? That's who his dude is now? He's got, like, flesh tags hanging off his face now, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. So he's, I say this because this literally, like, it's a thing now, I guess. I feel like I'm going to need a whole hour to talk about this. They're making me hate Star Wars. So apparently Disney has endorsed the claim that Luke Skywalker is gay. Got to we got to gay everything up. Everything's got to be gay. You know, I I don't think that people are objecting to the existence of gay characters. People are objecting to the unrealistic overrepresentation of gay characters in film and television. Because it's such a small percentage of the American public at large. But now you can't watch anything because it's not considered a legitimate program unless there's an gay character in it or something. I don't get it. I know I'm not the only one that, that, that notices this. So apparently the online wiki for Star Wars nerds, Wikipedia, updated its alphabet individuals to include Luke Skywalker. And it was based on a recent short story by some activists. And apparently it ended up, I don't know. Apparently, it ended up getting, I guess, affirmed. What? What a ridiculous... You know what? They only did this because Ray's a Mary Sue. She's actually the worst character in Star Wars. She's an insufferable Mary Sue, and I can't stand her. She's a flat, boring character. She is cardboard in human form. I hate that character. I hate it with the burning passion of a thousand suns. There's no development for her. She just starts out, I am so awesome. I'm more awesome than Luke, who's now gay and sad and alone. And he drinks, somebody said, what, milk from space cows on an island with a bunch of furry, ugly groundhogs that are just called pogs. Right? Are they called pogs? I don't even know. We're going to talk more about this because I'm going to need more time. This is not enough for me. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Mm-hmm. All right, so first up here. Uh, move this over. Oh, I um, don't know what I think of this. A man's prostate cancer. That's prostate cancer. Gave him an uncontrollable Irish accent. There's literally a fake. It's, this is fake. Foreign accent syndrome. They're saying it's BJ, BMJ case reports. Uh, apparently, I mean, he didn't live through his illness, but he developed an uncontrollable Irish brogue despite having no Irish background. They said it was FAS or foreign accent syndrome. Is that what Hillary uh, Baldwin has? The, the white chick who grew up in Boston and she, she went to Spain once and was like, I'm Spanish forever now. Her? Okay. I'm just wondering. 
Uh, I've never heard anything like that, but oh, yeah. State of the Union audience dropped. The world's most modified man becomes the first ever person to split his hand in half. Who cares? He's cut his hand in half. That's going to suck later on. He wanted a double hand, he said. And it's actually disgusting, and I didn't need to see the picture pop up. Oh, my gosh. Like, cut it off already. It's worth... What is the point of that? You can't do anything with it. You you literally lose mobility and dexterity because you want to have... Here's my weird freak hand. <laughs> it's basically the permanent Vulcan symbol. That's his hand. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, I went short on you. I didn't mean to because we went a little long last segment. So coming up, uh, we got to talk about how Disney ruined Star Wars. They ruined Luke Skywalker and Rey is the worst Mary Sue and I hope her character dies. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. So the British publication, The Independent, has a headline that the U.S. shot down a high-altitude object over Alaska. Uh, it was an unidentified object over Alaska's aliens. Uh, it was uh, given by Joe, but now they're trying to make him look hardcore. He, he, he did it out of an abundance of caution. We didn't do the one with South Carolina, but we did this one. We, we did, and, and Joe Biden is so committed that he's also going to take down all the blimps, all the, the balloons at the border. So they didn't confirm if it was a balloon similar to the aircraft that they shot down in uh, South Carolina last week. They're having a presser about it now. But I, <laughs> I see they could have done the other one so much earlier and they chose not to. Now they're going to try to make it. Now he's going to look tough. They're going to try to Mary Sue his history here. Okay, so I got to get into this. I, I'll let you know if there's any developments about that. So one of the headlines that I had for you, and remember, culture is important, super important, is that because Disney's ruining, ruining absolutely everything. I love that they're, they had a big old board fight. I think it's uh, what Bob Iger's going to step down in two years. Nelson Peltz, who is a big billionaire business guy, and he's in he's based in Florida. Uh, he apparently had a uh, it was a, a ba- it was basically a battle with with uh, to take over Disney Disney's board at least, and him getting the the budget cuts and the job the reduction with the seven thousand uh, jobs and Iger stepping down. Apparently that he has taken the win on that. Very interesting. You want to know sidebar interesting Nelson fact about the. Uh, uh, the fact about the Nelson Peltz family. His daughter, I think, is is the model that's married to Victoria Beckham's son. Oh, really? Tiny world. Interesting. But anyway, he won that whole fight with... Because he, he wanted to take over the board. And so apparently he was successful in that. But it's too late for Disney's Star Wars. Because they're ruining it. Now, we were talking about this all on break, and we were talking to Lorraine as well, because I remember canonically, before Disney, and like, what is it there, uh, I mean, they, Luke Skywalker, was he got married. Wasn't he on Tatooine, and he had a wife? And then they, didn't they, they had a kid that they named after Obi-Wan? Yep. Or they, or they, what did they, yeah, Ben. Ben, yeah, they named him Ben. So, what happened with that? They just erased his wife? I mean, where she, you can't, she doesn't exist anymore. They had to because they had to uplift their feminist narrative with Mary Sue Ray. And she is a Mary, everybody knows what that term means, right? 
It's a character who is so ridiculously pumped up to look so cool. This is why I hate... This is what, what honestly, what a lot of feminism has done to sci-fi. So you have... Luke, Luke Skywalker's original character. And there was a, there was a video that was done uh, about this. I can't remember. Oh, Why Modern Movies Suck. It's a great account. And it, it's a hysterical video. And I can't play some of it on air uh, because of the language. But you, they had Luke Skywalker, who had, an, who had a, the original character, had a good character arc, right? He had a good character arc. He had, um, you know, I mean, these, it, I mean, it ended up to where he went from, a young, temperamental, adventure-seeking dude to an uh, a older, well, at least back in the original uh, version, an older, uh, still adventurous, but really understood the force, had a lot of patience, really, you know, wanted to wanted to really change the world for the better, learned lessons, and then they ruined him because he ended up, as they said on Modern Movies, suck drinking uh, milk from space cows on Craggy Craggy Island. And that's what it is. He is a horrible. Rotten. That was one of the worst movies ever. I still don't understand the whole thing with with Han and Leia's kid. But it was just. It was one of the absolute. It was just awful. And they had to. They had to murder him basically, so that they could inflate the feminist character of Ray, the Mary Sue, who started out being, as they said, they called her Space Jesus. They. She started out knowing everything. Like I don't even need training with us, light cyber. I mean, sure, Luke Skywalker had to do all this stuff, and he had to have all this training, but I'm rare. I am vaginally inoculated from having to do any of that. It's really what it is. And she never grew. She stayed the same flat, boring character. That's it. Did she ever, did she have any growth? No. Even John Boyega's character had growth. Did Ray? No. She's the same flat character who could do absolutely everything. Look how powerful she is. She's so powerful. Go, girl. That's boring. Man, what, what a... I mean, you, you have to settle to get something like that. Anyway, that's why they ruined Luke Skywalker. So everything has to be gay. I think there's just a crazy over-representation. Not, you don't have to have a gay character in every single thing you do. There does not have to, you do not have to have, you don't have to have your token character in every single thing that you do so that you, that's not, they act like that's a, the presence of a character like that is a vaccine against the rage mob. It's not. I just, I think now, to do it now and like have Disney endorse this retcon of Luke Skywalker now and erasing his wife Mara and all that stuff. Is not brave to do it now. It's not at all brave. It's not courageous. It's cowardly and stupid and lazy. Because if you were doing it back, when did Star Wars come out? It was before, like the first couple was before I was born, I think, right? 76, 75? Yeah. So you didn't have like, if, if they would have made that known with his character then... When pretty sure they didn't have any characters like that. Lorraine says 77. So before I was born. So if they. So if that came out in 77. They didn't have. Gay characters like that. In all these different films. Now if they would have been like one of the first to do it. Then you could have said. Oh wow. That's very different. And they didn't know. And they would get. You could do. That would be a better descriptor of doing. Something brave. But doing it now. It's like you're doing it. That's like your talisman. 
they're tr- they treat these characters and and the and the inclusion of these characters or these sexual orientations or whatever as talisman to ward off the evil of the rage mob. That's all it is. It's an insurance policy. It's not original. It's not a good character. It's an insurance policy. What they're doing retconning Luke Skywalker is an insurance policy. Apparently he endorsed the idea. Of course he did because he's a loser. All I mean, I get it. I know that people who like to watch like the Batman animated series and all that and some other things, they like the fact because he's a voiceover artist, blah, blah, blah. But that's all he ever really could be good for. I thought he was a horrific actor. He didn't really do anything after Star Wars except voice acting because he's a horrible actor. He's horrible. The Wookiee was better. The Chewbacca in the costume was better. But there's the whole thing is silly. You're, you're having to destroy all of these cultural icons in order to, like, make it to, to satisfy this, this woke agenda. I mean, old, that's really what all of this is. You're having to do that to satisfy this, this, this very woke agenda. And it's ruining everything. Now it's ruining Star Wars. I think if you were, I mean, if you were gay, I think you would be mad because that's really, you're going to do it now after he's like old and drinking space cow milk on Craggy Mountain, as they said, that's really, or Craggy Island, then you're going to, hmm. So there's a a press conference right now. They're talking about the uh, fighter jet that apparently took down an object in Alaska. Well, why did it take down, why could it take down an object, an unidentified flying object in Alaska and not... This one, they said it was flying at 40,000 feet in U.S. territorial waters over Alaska in the last hour. Do we know what it was? Steve and them, they keep putting stuff from Twitter, and I can't see anything on Twitter. I mean, I think I can see that, but if I try to go see anything else, I can't. Because you guys, if you you don't know, I'm totally locked out of Twitter because they say I'm suspicious. So Dana on Twitter may be done forever. We don't know. Uh, But the White House says that the military shot down an object that was flying 40,000 feet in U.S. territorial waters over Alaska in the last hour. And John Kirby's leading the presser. I have some audio of John Kirby. Yeah, let's go. Let's 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 hear some of this because this is all happening now. Uh, that you know that, that, that there was some motivation flying this over U.S. airspace, or is it is it truly? <laughs> I think we're going to try to learn more. I can tell you, it was an object. It was at 40,000 feet, and the the uh, the predominant concern by the president was a safety of flight issue at that altitude. Remember the one that we shot down last Saturday? It was at 65 plus thousand feet. Um, so no threat to civilian aircraft. This one at 40,000 feet could have posed a, th- a threat to civilian aircraft, and it did not appear to have. Uh, the maneuverable capability that the other one did. So, um, uh, you know, virtually at the uh, at the whim of the wind. Mm. At the whim of the wind. So they have no clue, really, ultimately. So, it, I mean, is it a second spy balloon? Because it sounds like it's a second spy balloon. Yeah, kinda. When they keep calling it object, and it was actually closer to Earth than the last one, there's something they're leaving out. Yeah. And a uh, uh, high altitude object is how it's being described in the press, and that's that's at forty thousand feet because the other one was sixty thousand. Now he was saying apparently that I'm reading one piece where he described as saying that the object posed a reasonable threat well, to civilian aircraft. To civilian aircraft. Yeah, at that at that altitude, that's where a lot of the civilian aircraft 
you know, that's where they travel in mm. that in that altitude range. The other one he was saying was up above sixty five thousand square feet, which did or square feet sixty five thousand feet in the air. Mm-hmm. That didn't pose the threat that this altitude does. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's very. Mm-mm. So they were tracking this. It was over the last twenty four hours. Oh, this will be fun. So we'll bring you any developing any developments about that. And I'll send out a newsletter later on. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Thank you, Crane. So just thank you, Kirby. So to follow up on what you just said about um, civilian aircraft, is that what you meant initially when you said there was a reasonable threat uh, to shoot it down? Yes, my exact words were reasonable uh, threat to the safety of civilian flight. Okay, and... um, to given what you said earlier about intent with regard to the Chinese spy balloon, does the U.S. give any credence to the Chinese argument that the balloon accidentally veered off course and ended up where it did? The which you're talking about the one from last week? Yeah. yeah. Is there, is it, say, say that again. Or is it? Does the U.S. give any credence to the Chinese argument that this thing accidentally veered off course and ended up? where it did no so was it targeting specific places was it targeting military uh sites what we know is that the flight path it executed took it over sensitive military sites what we also know is that it could maneuver that it had propulsion capability and steerage capability um and could slow down speed up um and that it it was on a path to transit over sensitive military sites. Thank you. Hmm. So that's John Kirby. <clears throat> they're having, excuse me, their press conference, they just concluded it a little bit ago. And they're trying to, they just, they said that the U.S. military shot down an object flying at 40,000 feet in U.S. territorial waters over Alaska. And that was within the last hour, he said. Now they said that the uh, debris is sitting on frozen water the object is much smaller than the previous spy craft, roughly the size of a smaller car, and it had no significant payload. Lucas Tomlinson with Fox says that it was deemed a, quote, safety of flight issue because at 40,000 feet, it was a danger to civilian airliners. And the object did not appear to maneuver like the Chinese spy balloon that the U.S. shot down last Saturday off the coast of South Carolina. They said they first discovered it last night. And that it was shot down over northern Alaska near the border with Canada uh, in the Arctic. And they say it's not clear which country owns the object that was shot down. And they said that U.S. fighter pilots, I guess, were able to look at it and determine that it was unmanned before they shot it down. So it is hmm, very interesting, this new development. So that's... That's that's just some of the latest there uh, with this. And they said, I mean, it sounds like he said it was a spy balloon. <laughs> he said it was a spy balloon. That's pretty so much what he said. She asked him about she asked him. the last spy balloon. He's like, well, which one are you talking about? So that leads me to believe that this one was a mm-hmm. balloon, I guess. Mm-hmm. But he said also, if you remember, that it was just at the whim of the wind. Mm-hmm. So that also leads me to believe it's a balloon. I just think that if it was... Well, I mean, we'll know, I think, relatively soon because China will get all all uh, mad about it 
if it's another one of theirs and they'll say that we were mean and that we did not need to resort to. Now, never forget that back in uh, 2001, there was a Navy surveillance plane that was forced, literally forced physically out of the air by a Chinese fighter jet. The jet ended up crashing. They had the uh, Navy surveillance plane had to make an emergency landing. So they were incredibly aggressive with us. This is, you know, it's not, that's, they've, they've already upped the ante on how hyperbole and reaction. All right, today in Stupidity King. Well, it does have to do with the Chinese spy balloon, as a matter of fact, because Biden was last night speaking to Telemundo, and this is what he told them when they asked about the balloon. Listen to this. Intelligence gathering is going on by every country around the world is overwhelming. And the idea that a balloon could traverse, uh, break American airspace is... uh, It's what? What is it? What anyway, it? oh boy, it's, it's not a major breach. It's not a major breach. This it's, guy, man, he's asleep it, at the wheel ninety like percent of the time, and then when he's conscious, you can't even tell what the heck he's saying. He sounds sleepy. Yeah, he needs somebody get him a coffee. I hope it's intro. just stupid and it's nothing else. Yeah, mm. okay. folks, that does it for us this week. Sign up for the newsletter over at Substack. At least I'm still locked. I'm still not locked out there. But you can sign in for the newsletter, chapter and verse. Sign up for that, and we'll give you any developments that happen. I'll send you that uh, even over the weekend. I'll be back with you Monday. God bless. Have a great weekend.